Focus brings consistency. Consistency brings fruitfulness. And fruitfulness brings production. Production brings destiny. I'll say it again. Focus brings consistency. Consistency brings fruitfulness. Fruitfulness brings promotion. Promotion brings destiny. Everybody wants destiny, but there is a lot of dis- uh, there's a lot of discipline between desire and destiny. Now, if I told you, you know, God wants to make you rich, God wants to make you healthy, God wants to make you blessed, God wants to give you the prettiest woman in town, I happen to be married to her, so that's impossible. <laughs> Plus, it's almost February. So everybody wants the great dream and everybody gets encouraged if I tell you God wants you to have this and God wants you to be that. God wants to give you a new house, a new car. And I, look, I do believe God wants to give you those good things. And we could all like, Whoa. <laughs> that's true. I came to church. I just knew that God wants me to have stuff. And everybody would be like, yeah, I love it when the pastor talks about God wanting me to get stuff. He does. He does want you to get stuff. He wants you to have a great life. It's all true. But there is this section in between desire and destiny everybody wants is desiring good things but it comes from focus brings consistency you need to be consistent in the in the most important things in your life that's where you need to be consistent in your relationship with God in your marriage in the relationship with your children and focusing on what's important that's what you need to be really good at Don't be good at PlayStation and terrible at marriage. I'm on the 17th level, bro. I'm going for it. I'm playing a guy from Europe right now. You would not believe how awesome he is. Like, and it doesn't make any difference. You're not, you're not focused. You're pretending to be focused. You don't have those armory and guns and all that. That doesn't exist. It's a play world. And some people, they're experts at sports and experts at everything that doesn't matter. And the things that matter most, they're just doofus. I mean, they don't know anything. They don't stay on track for two days. When it comes to doing what is the most important things, those things go to the back of the bus and all the stuff that's goofy goes to the front of the bus. Right? You want to be consistent consistent, doing it whether you feel like it or you don't feel like it. Be good all the time and great sometimes. But never be, get off of that merry-go-round of, I did good for two days and I bummed out for four days. Get off of that thing. It's just focus. If you stay focused, you'll become consistent. That's all it is. I don't know why I'm so up and down. Stop watching TV all the time. I know the pastor didn't say that. I just said it. Stop watching TV because you just disconnected and letting these people think for you. Who are you? And what is your dream? And what are you doing? Relax, relax if you want to, but stop, you know, stop letting your life be dictated by things that don't matter. Stay focused. You hit. You're as smart. You're as sharp. You're as gifted. You're as blessed as the next guy. But you have to get up there and say, you know my secret? I'm focused and everybody else isn't. Don't shout me down. Am I hollering too much? It's happy hollering. So let me just, fruitfulness. You don't get promoted because you gave at church. 
because you gave an offer. You don't get promotion that way. It comes because God blessed you and you became consistent. That's what you get from giving. You stop being goofy and inconsistent and you started being consistent. That's what the grace of God is on your life. And when you become consistent, you begin to produce rather than like, oh, dang it. Oh, dang it. Don't let your life be, oh, dang it all the time. Hit the ball. Hit the ball. You're going to get your chance up at bat. Hit the ball. Hit the ball this time. 2017, God gave you a brand new year. And this year, you're going to hit the ball. You're going to hit the ball. You're going to get on base. And this year, you're going to score. How many people? Poor Oprah. She's got another diet going. I said, I can't, I can't even watch Oprah. Can't lose all that weight just to find it again. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. You know, I, I had to smile when I saw her doing yoga. I was like, overdoing yoga again. That girl, she's committed. I can tell you that. You got to love that about her. And you got a whole table for it. This time, we're going to do it. <laughs> and all of us are going like, I know. <laughs> but, but it, well, let's not talk about that. You get, you get what I'm saying. This year, this, you, you, you get to be you. You get to be the best you and it's all about you staying focused on the prize. Stay focused on the prize. Tell somebody this year you won't be focused. Remember, most people are not. Most people are just looking for a Saturday night. They're just looking for a moment of pleasure. They're just looking for another opportunity to get negative and goof up their life again. But not you. Write it on your mirror. Get some lipstick and say, focus this year. Be focused. Things are going to happen. Things are going to go wrong. Things are going to go bad. But you are going to stay focused. Look at the book of Luke in the, in the 10th chapter and the 38th verse. And this is what it says. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? I know I've heard that before somewhere. <laughs> Tell her to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you're anxious and troubled about many things. Boy, that is, I'm not going to say women, but I just said it. It's a gift that women have, the gift of worry. <laughs> I'll be leaving right after the service. I cannot talk to anyone after the service. I can't do marriage counseling. I'll be rushing out. <laughs> You're anxious and troubled about many things. But listen to this. this. One thing is necessary. What? One thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken from her. Father, in Jesus' name, let your word change our lives. Let our changed lives change the world. Let your word transform us. Do for us what we can't do for ourselves. Change our mind. Change the way we think in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. 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 You know you're off when you start telling God what to do. Am I right about it? 
I mean, Martha came up and said, Jesus, you got it all wrong. I mean, when you get on to Jesus, you, you, you just got out of your place. You're out of your lane. Like, Jesus, I can tell you, you letting them do that, that ain't right. <laughs> right? And that's how, when you get to doing what you think is right, eventually you end up looking really dumb. So here it is. Let me give it to you real quick. Focus is the result of quality choices and priorities. Focus is the result of quality choices and priorities. Everything's important, but if everything's important, nothing's important. If everything's a priority, nothing's a priority, right? If you, if you grab one thing, you've got to let something else go. So you have to set priorities in your life. So focus is the result of quality choices. Your success in life will be determined by your choices, so choose well. The choices you make, who you hang out with, what you do in the evenings, what you do in the mornings, this will determine your success. So choose well. Let me give you four choices from this scripture today. Number one, choosing the best over good. Now, most of you, you wouldn't be in church today if you're one of those people who choose the bad over the good, right? You obviously are making good choices because you chose to get up and get dressed and go to church. That's a good choice. But the more difficult choice is when there's something good and you choose the best. What Martha was doing was very good. Now, you know, all you know, when you've got the pastor and all of his group drop in on you without calling and you got to fix food and there's only one other competent helper in the house and she's sitting at the feet of Jesus. You know what you want to do, like, seriously? Don't you, what? You know, you know, you're going to start boiling like Martha because most of us automatically go past some good choices. Now, what Martha should do is say, I'm doing what Mary's doing. I'm going to sit right here. Let the whole house burn up. I don't care. Who's going to fix the food? I don't care who's fixing the food. If Mary's sitting, I'm sitting. But Mary's sitting made Martha feel like I got to do more. Now I got to do more. Now I can't believe. You know, you know, everybody watch a football game and your wife gets mad and she ain't saying anything, but you can feel it in the room. <laughs> You can feel like you can't even enjoy the game because she's got that spirit that uh, she's emanating an aura of like, what y'all doing? I'm cleaning up. And you try to say, you didn't have to clean up. We could all be watching the game. This place is a mess around here. Pretty soon, you know, she's like, she's talking to herself the whole time. I cannot believe. I cannot believe. I cannot believe. Oh, yeah. Oh, you want me to get you something to drink now? Oh, sure. I'll get you something to drink. Y'all just enjoy what I'm... She's sweating. She, her, her blood pressure's a thousand over fourteen hundred. <laughs> and it, you know, if Mama's not happy, nobody happy. All right. So she got that. And Martha, Jesus is in the house, and Martha's got that on her. Like, uh, uh-uh. uh. She knows she's right. You know, sometimes you know you're right, and you're not. I mean, she knows she's right. She's telling God what to do. She's telling Jesus, that's how right, how many of you ever feel like you're that right and then later you find out you're wrong? I, you know, I didn't say how many of you ladies, I just said how many of y'all. 
Because I, honestly, I've thought I'm right. I, I had arguments with my wife. I, I was so right. And then the next day I was like, I was wrong. <laughs> There's no way to come back. But it, it's important that it is the subtleties of choosing the best over the good. There are good things. Somebody, yeah, I'm, I'm supposed to help with that marriage. And then I've got that birthday party. And then I'm supposed to go help. Oh, when are you going to have a life? I pointed over at Jennifer when I said that. When are you going <laughs> to, when are you going to actually, because you're helping everybody else have a life and you're spending all your money on everybody else's party and your own kids are like, <laughs> I can't help you. I'm wore out from everybody else's party. <laughs> there are good things and you can, you can just pile up all the good things in the world that everybody wants you to do and everybody thinks they want you to do and everybody's invited you to do and you think you need to do and you read in Cosmopolitan and you read in the newspaper and you heard it on the show and, you, and all of a sudden you just make it everybody miserable. All the men are just like totally in like, yes, Jesus. <laughs> There were guys speaking in tongues. I never saw them speaking in tongues before. They're just starting to just let her hear it, Lord. Just, just receive it right now. I saw a guy rubbing his wife's back, like trying to rub that anointing in. Rub that anointing. <laughs> Chill. <laughs> you know, chilling is sometimes the right thing to do. Chilling is sometimes the right thing to do because... This relationship with Jesus, sitting at the feet of Jesus, is your priority. Matter of fact, he said she chose the best thing. In the morning, you get up, you got all kinds of things to do, all kinds of things in your mind. And there's a choice that you make that will determine your destiny, what you do. Are you going to sit at the feet of Jesus and get your instructions? Or are you just going to get busy and anxious about so many things? to the point that you just forget all about God and you just in charge, right? Martha's in charge. Jesus is in the room and Martha's in charge. How many know somebody like that? <laughs> We're gonna have a marriage seminar next month. Marriage weekend, heal up from this Sunday. <laughs> I mean, you know you're in charge when Jesus is in the house and you're still in charge. <laughs> And you got to tell Jesus what to do. I just can't get over it. <laughs> Number two, choosing relationship, then responsibilities. Choosing relationship, then responsibilities. My father, he is a wonderful man. I loved him dearly. He was a great example in lots of ways. But he was raised um, by a man who was a farmer and a preacher on the weekends. My dad worked every day, came home and pastored three churches on the weekend. I never saw him. And, and my dad, and, I, and I'm, like, I'm not discrediting him. I'm just saying, I was, he, was, he handed down to me, responsibilities are important, not relationships. And, and sometimes he'd take me on a trip with him and I'd be like, okay, some time with my dad. And, and he, would, he was so... Um, frozen. He didn't know how to talk. I would be there sitting silently like this is the worst day of my life. I was all excited. A four hour trip to Shreveport. Thank you, dad. <laughs> and we're not even going to talk the whole time. Thank you very much for this. But he made the effort, but he was not good at what was important. 
He wasn't good at relationship. He had not exercised, so he was very, very weak at relationships because he learned from his dad in the Depression, you got to work hard, and then on the weekend, you got to work hard for God. I never saw him. And, and it was, a, it, he would have said, as a matter of fact, my dad, that generation never said, I loved you that much. I, he actually said it a couple of times in, in my life to me. I knew he loved me because he's a loving person, but he couldn't communicate love very well. So he would say stuff like, you know, I love you. I put food on the table. I put a roof over your head. Like, excuse me, that's not a relationship. It's a house and it's cornflakes. What I would really prefer is if we would like go hunting and talk and stuff, but he didn't know how to do it. And so when I, um, started having children, I made it my point to say I love you all the time, kiss my children all the time, and go off on weekends with my wife, go off, you know, even when we didn't have money, we'd, we'd go to Biloxi, it would be like the, the, the cheap beach. <laughs> Get the cheap room at the cheap beach with the brown water, and let's just imagine, you know, you know if you're in Biloxi, as long as the sky is blue, the, the water looks kind of blue. Because it get a reflection of the, if the water's still and the sky's blue, you're like, this is awesome. Till you walked out in it, and then it would like leave a, a mark, a watermark. <laughs> a brown socks <laughs> as you came out. <laughs> but you know, we didn't have much money, but I knew one thing. I'm going to put relationship before responsibilities. I, it, and look, the only thing you'll regret in this life, it won't be I didn't make enough money. You'll regret I didn't spend enough time with my kids. Uh, you're never going to get that back. You're never going to raise them again. And once they go on their own, you're going to hardly see them, and you're going to wish you had those days back. You, can't, you don't get a redo on your marriage or a redo on your family. you got a value, and you don't get a redo really on the opportunities that, that you have for Jesus. You only have this one life. Pretty soon you'll be too old. Right now is when you ought to do something great for God. You got to connect. Don't just go do stuff for God. Put a relationship. Listen, God is more interested in what he does in you than what he does through you. Now, I know God wants you to change the world. I already told you that. And I love working. I love building. But God wants you to know him. And you can't know him without spending time with him. And we all want to succeed. We all want to stay busy. We all want to do things. We all want to feel good about our life. But listen, choose well. Choose relationship, then responsibility. Say, you know what? My relationship with God comes first. Sunday, I'm in church. Period. I'm going to teach my children God comes first. God first. Everything else is going to be blessed if I put God first. Right? If I give God the first and the best, the rest is going to be blessed. I'm going to teach my children. I'm going to teach my grandchildren. God's first. God first. Not sports. Not good things. I don't choose good things. I, I choose relationship with God first. It's the greatest secret to success in life. God first. It's the first commandment. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. The first and the greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God. Love God first. You say, it's not easy. No, but it, you can do it. You can do it, but you can if you fake it or you don't even try. You can put God first. Choose a relationship, then responsibilities. Listen, 
The quality of your life will be determined by the quality of your relationships, not how much you own. The quality of your life will not be measured by how many four-wheelers you have or how many vacations you take or how many Mercedes you can uh, stack up in the, in the garage. Your quality of your life will be the quality of your relationships, period. Your relationship with God, your relationship with your wife, your relationship with your children and your grandchildren. Those are the most important. And your friends and your church. These are what make life great. This is what makes your life worth living. And there's no cheating it. You got to put it first. Do your responsibilities, but make sure if your kid, if you're working on a project, your little kid comes up to you, stop the daggone project and give them a hug and listen to them. Get off the cell phone. Right? Stop. Get off Instagram. Get off whatever you're doing. Don't try to listen to it while you're looking at your cell phone. Uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. I know, I know what you mean. Just turn it off. Am I getting on you too much? It is true, isn't it? Focus, focus. Number three, choosing the necessary over the urgent. I, I inverted these. Choosing the necessary over the urgent. Choosing the necessary over the urgent. Jesus said, Mary has chosen, chosen this necessary thing. One thing is what? Necessary. Say it with me. One thing is necessary. You know, there has to be some things you got to say, you know what, let the let rest of the world burn up. I got to do the thing I got to do. He said, I don't care if I'm late, I'm late. If I'm late, I'm late. I wanted to be early. Well, you better get up earlier because there are some things that are necessary that you got to do. Very few people go to work without brushing their teeth. Some do, and we all know who they are. I'm just teasing. Don't, but everybody at work knows. <laughs> but you know, it's necessary. It's not like I don't have time to brush my teeth. You need to go. Go ahead and take the time. Your boss will appreciate it. Go ahead and take the five seconds to go ahead and get that done. Thank you very much. There are things that are necessary that you do. The most important things. Mary chose them. There's only one thing that are necessary. Remember what's necessary in your life, not what's urgent. How many of you know that there's a tyranny to urgency where something comes in, you got to, you got to, how many of you know people that are like the carriers of urgent news always? Everything is a panic. Everything's got to be done right now. Hey, look, look, look. I hate to tell you how you're right now, but I, and he's like, you know, your, your whole emotions start going like this when you talk to them because that's how they live. They don't live in the necessary. They live in the urgent. Everything's an urgent crisis and they want you to be in the crisis too. Tell somebody, I ain't going to be in a crisis this year. Do the necessary. Choose the, ne choose the necessary over the urgent. And the last thing is this. Choosing his best over your best. Choosing his best over your best. You know, look, I'm a human being. I'm just like you. I got the same kind of instincts. You know, when I think about going to heaven and leaving this world, I always say to myself, you know, I did the best I could, right? And, and a lot of us, you know, we, we, you know, even when our kids fail at baseball or something, we, we, we always just tell them, you know, you did the best you could. And that's the only thing that matters is you did your best. And, and that is where most, that's a very, very human, a very logical and a very good thing to say, you know, 
I'm just going to do my best. Listen, I know this may sound harsh. In this life, to get your purpose, it's going to take a lot more than your best. Now, you can have children and have an okay life at your best. You can get the house clean like Martha and you can cook dinner and you can make sure you can do all that. That's your best and there's nothing wrong with it. I can't say it's bad. Thank God for Martha's. You know, let them not hear from Jesus. I'm going to hear from Jesus. You know, women, they love to take up for Martha. I'll tell you what, Martha, there ain't nothing wrong with being Martha. Because they, they know, they know that it's our instinct to say things got to get done. Somebody's got to do it. I'm going to have to let them have the good. Well, I take the, the work part. But listen, don't let that always be you. I understand life. Don't let it always be you that you're the Martha. You're missing your purpose. Your best will never bring you into your purpose. That's the sad thing. I mean, somebody said, well, you know, I'm just going to church. I do my best. You're a lot better than that. You're a lot better than I'm just going to try. Don't try, do, conquer. Don't just try it. Be somebody. Be somebody special. Be somebody anointed. Be somebody that's got somebody, something to say. Don't let everything be about the saints or baseball or something that doesn't matter. Have something that will change someone's life come out of your mouth. Well, how? Because you were with God. And you know what you're like, I don't know, but you can do it. You never even gave it a try because you said, well, you know, all I have to do is my best. That's, if, what, if our best could do it, then we don't need Jesus. We don't need the cross. We don't need the Holy Spirit to live a good life. You don't need any of that to be a good person, but to be a conqueror in this life. You got to hook up with the conqueror. You got to hook up with Jesus. You got to find time with him and you're going to transcend all of those weaknesses. So as good as the common thinking that, you know, I'm going to do my best. That's not a bad thing. We, but here's, here's something better. What about give God your best? I think God just wants to be with you. God just wants you to make a choice. And when you choose to be with God, you're going to be at your best. This is 2017. I can't guarantee you 2018, but you get 2017. It's a gift from God to you. He gave you a new beginning. He gave you a new start. He gave you a whole new 12. Are you going to do the same thing you did last year? Are you saying, you know what, this year, I'm going to choose his best over my best. Look, when you, I'm going to finish. When you're with God, he makes you look smart. People look like, what? They'll think you're like awesome. Everybody knows you're not. Even you know you're not awesome. But you get with God, suddenly something will come out of your mouth and you, you'll say to yourself, I'm awesome. <laughs> Where did that come from? I'm pretty awesome. Why? Because God's trying to make you look good. He's trying to make you wise. What about this year? Before you jump in the truck, what about, say, you know what? I'm going to take two laps around the neighborhood. And I'm just going to pray. And even though I don't know how to pray good, I'm just going to walk. And I'm going to say, God, I'm here if you want to talk to me. I just want to do what you want me to do. Lord, bless my family. Bless my church. Bless my nation. Bless my city. Let me tell you something. About the 10th time you do that, not the first, second, third, or fourth. 
But about the tenth time you seek after God, you're going to find that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That you're going to find that suddenly you're going to start hearing something from God and he's going to tell you what to do with your teenager. He's going to tell you what to do with your finances. He's going to tell you what to do. And in one moment, everything that was fuzzy is going to clear out because you chose his best over your best. God bless you for giving your best for your family. But too many have failed giving their best and say, I tried my hardest. Well, your hardest and your best most of the time is not good enough to bring you into conquest. You've got to hook up with something more powerful. You've got to hook up with a wisdom more profound. You've got to hook up with the one who knows the future. Who knows this could be the year that God puts in front of you the opportunity that's going to change your life. And let me prophesy over you as we pray. You're going to be ready. This year, you're not going to be with your head in the clouds being goofy. You're going to be tuned in because you chose the best. And you're not going to be fooled by what was good. Like, don't choose the good guy over the God guy. And end up married to a good guy who was the wrong guy. Say, look, I'm holding out. Come on, say it with me. Say, in 2017... I'm holding out for the best. I'm holding out for the necessary. I'm holding out for God's best. I'm choosing a relationship. I know that's what you want. I know it's what you want. Everybody here, you want to be the real thing. And there's, it's, like a, it's like a diamond. You can buy something that looks like a diamond super cheap. Some of you have one of those on your hand right now. God bless you. One of these days, you're going to have a real thing, the real thing. When it comes, forget about diamonds and cars. When it comes to who you are, you are a diamond. You might look like a hunk of coal, but the only one that can form you into a diamond is Jesus. And you got to put yourself on the potter's wheel and you got to find that time. God's the one that can form the deepest part of you. God's the one that can make you something special. Instead of a faker, a pretender, a wannabe, a fronter, you can actually be the authentic, genuine item. Still have your personality, still have your sense of humor, still have your gifts and talents, but you're going to be a better you because you connected with Jesus, you connected with the Holy Spirit, you're going to have his heart, his dream. Listen, let me tell you, in 2017, God is dreaming something much greater for you than what you're dreaming. God is dreaming something bigger for you than what you're dreaming. God is dreaming something better for you than what you're dreaming, and he's just trying to get that information to you he's waiting he is waiting and this is your year this is your year God gave us another one anybody here thankful all the mistakes of last year let's forget them <laughs> right let's forget that and say thank God we have a brand new year we have a brand new attitude and we have a heart to build a heart to conquer heart to do it right it all begins with a choice choose choose 